Hi, and welcome to the Overflow Podcast. I'm Chuck Ammons, teaching pastor at Overflow Church in Brandon, Florida, and we are here to help you receive the Father's love and to release it to everyone you encounter everywhere. Wherever you're listening from today, your God adores you. I pray this message elevates and ignites your faith. On this podcast, you will find biblical messages to activate your faith, as well as our You Asked For It series, where we address your questions about trusting God's goodness as Father and living out His fullness as beloved sons and daughters. To find out more about Overflow Church, visit us at myoverflowchurch.com or on Facebook at Overflow Church Brandon. We'd also love to encourage you to check out our book, Life in the Overflow, and its accompanying devotional at Amazon.com. you guys have heard about this it's the latest thing check out your screen i don't know if you've heard if you've seen have you guys did you guys know that this happened did anybody did anybody miss that did somebody do you guys know that it happened so apparently there was some kind of slap or something at the oscars i don't know if you guys heard about this but i thought i'd bring it up just in case you haven't seen it everywhere and read 10 10 articles on it and uh have 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 seen everybody's thoughts on it um See, uh, what happened was the incident at the Oscars, it, it, was, it was conflict, right? So everybody's talking about peacemaking now. Isn't that cool? Like prophetically, Pastor Aaron heard that we were to go into this peacemaker series, and then this happened at the Oscars. It's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, there's the thing in the Ukraine and all that stuff, but the slap <laughs> the, <laughs> and the, the Oscars, right? We've got to talk about that, right? Um, now, I'm not condoning the slap, okay, but I think that, that conflict is a good thing, right? As Pastor Aaron uh, shared with us, that conflict is an opportunity for growth. If we see it as an opportunity for growth, and yeah, even though conflict is uncomfortable, it's needed to, for us to go forward and grow and continue. So um, I'm not condoning the slap. That's not good. I think Will could have gone up and said, hey, can you apologize in you know, a nice, uh, humble way? You didn't do that, but hey, some positives came out of that conflict, though. Okay, you got to think about some of the positives, right? Will Smith got to use some of the moves that he learned on the set of Ali. So that was, I mean, that was, <clears throat> that was good. Uh, Chris Rock, you know, increased his uh, dental uh, insurance coverage. And you know, some things that happened. No, actually, some things actually did happen that were positive, right? Um, there were some new limits of appropriateness based, uh, that were put on comedy, right? And how far it could go without hurting someone, right? That was a good positive, right? A woman felt honored and loved by her husband, right, and protected. Um, and as you thought, uh, as you as you saw, it it opened up everybody uh, an opportunity to show humility, right? And apparent, some of them did. Everybody involved apparently, uh, eventually, did show some humility. And and we were able to see them that they like, oh, we have to, they have to be perfect because they're in the limelight, right? Um, but it gave, gave us a chance to go, oh, these are human beings. Okay, um, they struggle like us. Um, so it was able to see that. And also, peacemaking became, was put on everybody's radar. So everybody's talking about what could have happened, what should have happened, what would have been better to, to happen, right? Everybody's talking about peacemaking. So it's working. It's working. It's great. So I want to challenge you um, 
to, to see conflict in that way, to see it as a positive thing. And even though it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable when people are fighting, it's, it's a conflict, but it is an opportunity for growth, especially in our families, right? Because these are the people we're closest to, right? These are the people we love the most, these are the people we spend most time with, these are our families. So I wanna share with you some strategies to peacemaking in your home, strategies for peacemaking in your home. The first one is about marriage, right? And because marriage is, is that, that bedrock of that foundation of the rest of the family, right? And it does set the tone. So in your marriage, I want to encourage you in your marriage to agree to balance one another. Agree to balance one another, right? To let the conflict between you grow you and shape you, right? So you're called to be balanced by your spouse. When you first saw them, you're like, oh, yeah. All right, they're different. They're different than me, and that's good, that's good. All right, I'm attracted to that. You know, you said that, probably. I said, right, babe. Um, you know, I'm attracted to that because it's different from me, right? Okay, okay, all right, that's good. And then give it a year or so, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're different from me. You know, you're like, start, you start complaining about it, right? You're complaining about the very thing you signed up for. When you signed up for marriage, you knew that person was the exact opposite of you, right? They knew that they, you knew that they were different from you, and then suddenly you're annoyed. And so in marriage, I, I just kind of get, get tired of that because like, oh my gosh, they're annoying, man. It's like, what did you expect? I mean, like, they're, they were different from you then. They're different from you now. The only thing that's changed is time, right? Because you're not receiving that difference anymore. You're not, you're not letting them balance you, right? You're, you're annoyed by that. And I've got to say that being, being shaped and balanced is not comfortable, right? If it's grating on your nerves, it's probably because you need it in your life. You need that balancing. Nobody likes to be sharpened by, you know, iron sharpening iron only happens through friction, right? It's not a comfortable process. And if you're uncomfortable in your marriage, like, oh, well, they just, I just don't like when they do that. It's like, well, grow up because, you know, that, that's what they're going to do. They're there to balance you. You signed up for it. Nothing's changed. Just you know, receive it as, as a balance that you need. You need that person. Remember God? Remember, remember God in the garden? He's like walking with Adam. Um, speed walking in the garden. I don't know why. They were walking. He was walking with Adam, and, and uh, Adam's like, man, this is a great day today. And God said, yeah, um, it's not good for you to be alone. And, and Adam's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm with, I'm with you, God. And he's like, no. I'm not, you need something else, you know, you need something more than me, you need somebody to balance you, that's what it is, I'm going to make somebody to balance you and complete you, how's that, because, bro, you need help, like, look at the names you gave to those animals, like, come on, you need a little, <laughs> this, this needs, this needs some help, you need some help, you need to be balanced, right, so differences balance you, and differences are a good thing, um, I brought my poop bag with me today, um, this is my poop bag. Uh, this happened this morning. Um, I'm in the, I'm in the, no, not mine. I live in a neighborhood and I have little puppy dogs, right? And I walk those little puppy dogs all throughout the neighborhood and they deposit these little things all throughout the neighborhood, right? And so it is my job as a concerned citizen to carry around these little blue bags with me and pick these up. Now, the Holy Spirit knew this morning what needed to be eaten yesterday because it's just, it's got the perfect like balance here. Okay, so the good thing is that if you if you put it in a little bag and you have the top like this and you tie the knot like in a high, you have all this area to just be able like to. to it's like a it's like a fulcrumatic 
um, science to it, and, it, and there's a weight differential, and so if you have it, and it's like you've got the, I don't know if you guys think about these things, but um, I was thinking like this, this is like cool because you can like toss it, you know, you can like get some, you can get some trajectory going, and you can like toss it like real, like low, underhanded, or you can toss it overhanded, like depending on what the distance and the trajectory that you want, and you begin thinking about this as you're walking the dogs, and you're like, how far can I be from the house to get this in the garbage can and to try to get it in the garbage can. And so I started out kind of, okay, toss it in. And then the next day I'm like, okay, I'm going to like be a little bit further back and I'm going to wait and I'm going to see the garbage can ahead of time and I'm going to try to get it. And then later on I'm going to try, and then suddenly you're like a block away and you're like, you're trying to get it in the garbage can, right? Well, my wife went on a walk with me. Um, so she went on a walk with me. We took the dogs out and they deposited something. I picked it up. We're just, we're just walking along. We decided not to go back to the house, but to keep walking around the neighborhood. So we get f pretty far from the house, and I turn around. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to throw the poop. And she's like, no, you are not. I'm like, it's what I do. I throw the poop. <laughs> and she's like, she's like what? no, you're not. And she's like, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up. You know, and she's like, Christopher, which is... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do not do that. I'm like, babe, like, I got to see. She's like, we're like a block and a half away. I'm like, I got to see. I got to see. And I did one of these numbers, and, and, did, and it went, and it, was, and it sailed. It was, like, it was like going through, and it was going, like that. The bag was making noise, like, and it was going, like that. Make it, and it was like slow motion. And I was like, and it, and it went, man. It went, and it, and it uh, landed in the tree. Uh, <laughs> That was, that was fine. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of branches in the tree. Nobody knows. Um, I've never went back to check. It might still be there. But it's, um, it didn't make the garbage can, but it made the tree, and it's, the tree is on our property, so it's okay. Um, but my wife, when I threw that, and she, I turned around and looked at her. She had this look on her face, and she said, You do the things I don't do. <laughs> And aren't you glad? Because we don't need two people in the, in the neighborhood throwing poop, right? She's, she's different. She's, di she's different from me, right? And good thing, man. I mean, she, she keeps me in balance. Babe, listen, I love you. I need you. I need you. You complete me. She's like, I know, I know. <laughs> you need me too, so... Uh, we need each other, right? That's, that's the thing with, married, with marriage. We, God knew that we needed somebody, right, <laughs> to, to be different from us because we don't need more of us. I think people sign up for marriage and they're just like they're perturbed because they're being balanced and it's uncomfortable. And some people try to make a clone of themselves over the years. You know, like if I get enough years, I'm going to make a clone of myself. I need somebody that looks, looks and thinks and acts just like me and I just need them to, to have my same opinions and everything and I'm... I'm going to make a clone of myself. Listen, stop doing that, okay? We don't need another you. You're annoying. We do not need, we do not need another you. We need somebody to balance you, okay? We need somebody that's opposite of you, so stop trying to clone yourself. Stop being uncomfortable when they feel something different or have a different opinion than you have, okay? Welcome to life. That's part of, part of marriage, okay? So appreciate the balance and don't fight it. If we appreciate that our differences unite us and our, our differences balance us and we accept that, that's the attitude to change, right? If we're like, okay, this person's going to balance me and I'm going to receive it and when I'm annoyed, that means I need to grow in some area. 
if we have that kind of perspective, then we're going to be balanced, right? We're going to grow. We're going to be better because of it. So conflict leads to this wonderful, wonderful thing. So I want you to pull out your phones real quick, and I want you to text. No, I don't want you to text. Um, we pull out your phones real quick and, and pull out the notes, right? Open your notes. There's a few times I want to activate some things, and I want you to write some notes down for the Lord to kind of marinate with you this week. So the first one is this. Um, I want you to write down two or three things that they do, this person that's balancing you, and it can be a sibling, it doesn't have to be a married couple, it can be a friend or a sibling or somebody else that annoys you um, <laughs> sometimes. Um, what are the two or three things that they do that you don't do? As my wife said, you do the things I don't do. What are the things that they do that you don't do and you're annoyed by it, man? Those are two things, maybe two things, and you just write them down. Like, these are things they do, and if they're looking at your screen, just scoot over a little bit. And just, okay. What are the two or three things that they do that you don't do? All right. And allow them to balance you. In other words, start receiving that as something to balance you rather than something to fight against. And then I want you to write down two or three things that you do that they don't do. Right? And these are things that probably annoy them about you, right? So write down two or three things that you do that they don't do. And again, this could be sibling relationships. And just begin to give thanks for those and to give grace for those, right? When they're annoyed by you, just give them grace because they're being balanced, right? In the same way that you're annoyed by the first ones. So what are two, three, two or three things that they do that you don't do and these are differences you're writing down and you're accepting, you're accepting those differences <coughs> that God's given those. Cool. Let that marinate and write those down and work on that this week. Just let the Lord speak to you through that. So number two, strategy for peacemaking in your home. In your family, resolve conflict with honor. Resolve conflict with honor, right? Honor is key to peacemaking. So the tendency when there's, there's conflict in our home is to resolve it fleshly or worldly, right? Because that's what we're used to. But the idea is that we need to solve it and resolve it through biblical and spiritual means, right? And we look at it as a spiritual and biblical thing rather than what the world says to do. So I want you to take a look at this scripture in Romans, Romans 12, 10, 16 through 17. It says, live in harmony with one another. Do not live with a, a lofty mindset, being snobbish or high-minded, but readily adjust yourself to people or things. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor. And honor there means holding each other in high esteem. In other words, treating them with great respect and holding them even more important than yourself. That's, that's honor of one another. Live happily together in the spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are your own. <laughs> that's so good. Be mindful of another person's worth even more than you are your very own. So good. So the scripture gives us a lot about harmony and about honor and respect and resolving conflict and being peacemakers and this scripture is is great um so it says live in harmony so you know we're with valley's end and we're working out harmony parts and we're here with the worship team 
working out our harmony parts, it's always a different part, right? If we were all singing the same part, it wouldn't be harmony, right? We would just be singing in unison, which is great. But what, what is so beautiful is when the harmonies come together, right? When you're hearing singing and there's harmonies, they're completely different parts, but they're joining together into one. And that's what the Lord's talking about here. He's saying, hey, let that harmonious thing happen in your relationships. Let there be harmony. In other words, let them be different, but let it be blending, right? Your differences are blending. They're blending. They're blending. Let them blend, right? Your differences. Do not live a lofty, with a lofty mindset, being snobbish or high-minded, <laughs> but readily adjust yourself to people or things. So if we're high-minded, if we're like thinking that we know better, that's, that's the beginning, <laughs> beginning of the end for that, that conflict, right? If we're thinking like, well, I know, right? I know. I mean, I know. They're just like, convince me. Convince me I'm wrong. Convince me I'm wrong. I mean, if you, if you have that attitude and you just like have that lofty mindset, like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, and you cannot be convinced, then there's nowhere to go, right? So it says don't have a lofty uh, mindset being snobbish or high-minded, but readily adjust yourself to people or things, right? It doesn't say adjust to them, adjust. No, they need to adjust. I think we, we sit back and we're like, well, you adjust first. You do the adjusting. You do the adjust to me first. But it's not what, <laughs> that's not what the scripture says. It doesn't say themselves. It says yourself, right? Who do you adjust first? Yourself. Who do you change first? What, what kind of behavior, who, whose behavior do you expect to change first? Your own, right? It doesn't say anything about other people. Well, I, I'm waiting. I'm going to wait for themselves to do what themselves are supposed to do. And then I'm going to adjust myself after they adjust themselves to come a little bit closer to me. Then I can come closer to them. Right? It's like that just doesn't work. It's not the kingdom. Right? So you adjust yourself. Be willing to do that. To adjust yourself to people or things. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. And for the rest, just give it to the Prince of Peace, right? So you're like, okay, I, I've done what I can, right? I'm, I've adjusted myself. I've humbled myself. I've been willing to move and to change. I've been willing for this conflict to, to grow me. I'm willing to be balanced, right? I'm willing to be challenged. And I've done everything I could do to live with peace at peace with this person, but it's just not working. So good. All right, so you did your part. It says as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, right? Do your part. And then for the rest, like, God, it's not working. I'm trying to peacemake. You're the peacemaker above all peacemakers, right? You're the prince of peace. You're the prince of it, like you rule it. So go ahead and bring your peace to this person. Bring your peace to this relationship and give that to the Lord. I think we're just like, we, 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 don't, we expect the other person to change, and then we change, and then we expect it all to be better, which sometimes we just need to give it to the Lord because he knows how to fix it, right? So... Um, try to outdo yourselves with respect and honor. I love this. No, you're more high esteem. No, no, you are. No, you are. You're more high esteem than I. No, you're saying I am, but I'm not. You're the one, right? It really works in the family. It's gonna, it's gonna, one, it's gonna be a wonderful change to your atmosphere of your home if you're all trying to outdo which, with each other with how much you respect and hold each other in honor, right? It doesn't work at a four-way stop. But in your home, it does. Four-way stop is just annoying. Like, no, you go. You, I, no, I know I was here first, but you go. No, 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 no. You go. It just doesn't work. Don't, I, I've seen it. People try. Um, 
It just doesn't work. But it works in the home. Let's try to outdo one another with honor and respect, holding each other in high esteem. Live happily together in the spirit of harmony. There it is again. And be mindful of another's worth as you are your own. If you're holding somebody else of higher worth than yourself, it's going to be such a great recipe for peacemaking, right? Okay, so let me give you some practical tips. All right, here's some practical tips on dealing with um, conflict in your family with honor. The first one is don't be afraid of conflict between family members. I think it makes us uncomfortable, right? When our kids fight or there's, there's fighting, you don't ever, it always makes you uncomfortable, right? And you, you, don't, you don't really think it's, it's that good of a thing. And the, the tendency is to, to not like it and to be afraid of it and to shut it down, right? But it's an opportunity to grow. I was raised with the sweep it under the rug technique, okay? When it, when it came to conflict, you have conflict with someone, what you do is you lift up the rug, all right? And you sweep that right under the rug and you put the rug down and you don't lift the rug. That's how we, do, that's how we deal with conflict, right? You are allowed the emotion of joy and happiness in our home. You are not allowed the, the emotions of anger. Do not be angry. Do not be frustrated. Do not be ticked off at another person. You're not allowed, but be happy. And if there is conflict, sweep it on the rug. Sweep it, and nobody wants to see it. Sweep it on the rug, put the rug down, right? Don't talk about it. And it just led to this weird, awkward silence, right? Everybody just goes their separate ways. And then they come back, and they're just like standoffish, right? And you don't talk to each other. And then you give it time, right? Just give it time. And then in two or three days, you're talking to each other again, and you forgot it. But the problem is, you didn't really forget it. You just stuffed it down. You didn't deal with it. You swept it under the rug. It's still under the rug. It's still under the rug. And at some point, the rug's going to be removed. And there it's going to be. Okay, so I want to challenge you to not sweep it under the rug and not stop conflict before it really is able to bring growth, right? It can't be ignored. Don't ignore it. And don't immediately shut down display of emotion. I think I was guilty of that so many times as a, as a father when my kids were younger. And it's like, don't be angry. Stop. I didn't train them on how to be angry and sin not. I just told them not to be angry, which is not what the scripture says, right? The scripture says, be angry. It's okay, but what do you do with that anger, okay? You sin not, all right? How do you do that? Well, you have to display it. You have to share it. You have to express it. And if I'm in an atmosphere where I shut down every emotional outburst and I don't let those people share those things, then they're never going to get those feelings out. They're just going to stuff it inside. And I've taught them nothing, right? That's why we have so many adults don't know how to deal with anger and conflict because they were never taught a, a reasonable, spiritual way of dealing with it growing up. So don't immediately shut down the display of emotion or the fight. Kids, stop fighting. Stop fighting. Go in your rooms. Okay? That's one way of dealing with it. And maybe some space is needed, right? You need to have that space. But we're not called to be peacekeepers. We're called to be peacemakers, Right? If we're just keeping the, key, the peace, we'll just keep the peace. Let's sweep it under the rug so everybody's at peace. No, we're not making peace. We're just keeping peace. If we're a peacekeeper and we're giving our kids all those choices all the time, and we're just like, well, we just want to be a peacekeeper, right? And make sure little Johnny doesn't get mad, okay? Make sure that he's able to kind of say what goes so that he's happy, right? And we're not teaching little Johnny anything. We're just, we're not giving, we're, we're, we're just giving him all the choices, and we're not giving them a voice. So I want to challenge you. Give your kids a voice, but not every choice. That's, 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 keep, that's peacekeeping, right? Allow there to be conflict. Allow them to disagree with you, and you disagree with them. It's okay. So, and you can shut down dishonor. If you're dishonoring one another in your marriage, and you're, you're having this conversation, and it's dishonoring, yeah, shut that down. Siblings, if they're dishonoring each other, yeah. 
we need some space and come back. Knowing timing is a big part of this. It's a huge part of this. You gotta know timing. Don't try to res resolve conflict when you're exhausted, right? That whole, don't go to bed angry. The scripture says that. You know, it, it, I, well, you can tell them what it, what it means. I don't know. Um, but sometimes it's best to go to bed because you're exhausted. It's not time to really have a conflict right then. You don't want to just go to bed. You're exhausted. Uh, another time not to have conflict um, when you're exhausted, when you're hangry, um, when you're up for best actor. Like these are times that you don't <laughs> do not try to resolve conflict right then. These are times that would not be That'd be good. Um, but set aside a time. That's the thing. A little space and distance is okay as long as you set aside a time. Like, hey, we're going to come back in 20 minutes. We're going to talk about this. We're going to deal with what just happened because we can't just sweep it under the rug. And we're not just going to try to be nice to one another to keep the peace. We're going to make peace, right? And we're going to resolve it. So um, set aside a time where, where emotions are less intense and resolutions can be discussed calmly. And the last part... Um, it's not the last part. I don't know why I said that. Um, to release the fivefold. Another key is to release the fivefold in your family. I want to encourage you to do this. Um, you're not just, just you as, a, as parents figuring this whole thing out. I want you to involve your kids. I want you to make them part of the process because the fivefold is evident in you and it's also working in your kids as well, right? So don't, don't just take that burden of like, okay, we as parents have to have everything figured out. We have everything, everything all in this nice, neat little package for our kids so they can be okay, right? We, we have that tendency, but then we don't allow our kids to teach us, right? Because their voices are just as important as our voices. So I want to challenge you to release the fivefold in your, in your family. So what this looks like is each of these fivefold gifting and anointings are in your kids, but some are more um, prevalent, and they're more prevalent in you. So you have the pastoral voice, right? This is the pastoral voice when it comes to conflict. Listen, we need to stop all this fighting. I can't stand the conflict. For the sake of our hearts, let's sit down and talk this out. That's this is the pastoral, the shepherding, right? We want everything to be, that's me. It's like everything, I want everything resolved like yesterday. I will chase you into the other room so we can resolve this and have it all resolved. Sometimes that's not the best voice, but that's the voice that's needed, right? And the prophetic. I love this one. You're at fault. You're an innocent victim. You're compounding the problem with your attitude. Um, you're distracted. And I'm the only one that's really not making anything bad. I'm just making it better. Um, uh, I say that one because it's based on what my son Noah did in the midst of a really big conflict we had. <laughs> And he did that, and he pointed each of us out with his prophetic voice, and he's like, he's like, you have an attitude, and you're not letting anything in, and you're just having this whole thing. And he pointed to each of us and told us what was wrong, and there was nowhere for us to go after that. Like, where do you, how do you argue with that? He just had a prophetic word about each of us, and we're just like, I don't, yeah, I get, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and then we're just like, okay, well, that's all true. Let's all deal with that. But that prophetic voice is what was welcome. I didn't shut him down and go like, you're speaking disrespectfully. Um, sometimes you got to allow it to be a little messy, right? And um, he was speaking truth, man. Uh, the apostolic voice in that. You know, buck up, buttercups. Uh, Y'all need to get over yourselves. I see a way through this. You both have the same goal. We are going now to strategically aim for that common goal. I see the way. Follow me. And they're just off, right? And then there goes the apostolic voice. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, okay, let's follow them. I say, because that apostolic kicks in, right? And that's what we need. We needed leadership in that time and that voice 
um, propelled us forward. And then the teaching. I think what Bobby is trying to say is that he misses his time with you. Logically, doesn't time lead to trust and then trust later lead to security? Doesn't that? And it's like, yes, teacher, thank you so much for clearing that up. And you're absolutely right. That is, thank you. And you, you, you put the nail, you know, you identify the problem. Um, that teaching voice really propels us forward. And then the ev evangelistic. How will the world ever see a difference in us if we can't resolve conflict? They will know we are Christians by our love. Um, that sweet, tender, evangelistic voice that comes in. And um, so if we welcome all those voices, then we're, we're healthy and mature, right? As the scripture talks about, it doesn't just work in churches, right? It works in our family. To release the fivefold and let your kids and you as parents um, release that prophetic gifting, the teaching gifting, apostolic, prophetic, and pastoral, release that into, into your family. So go ahead and pull out your phones one more time, and I want you to uh, answer some questions for me. As we've talked about this, who in your family is not being honored? Who in your family is not being honored? Maybe it's somebody that, because of their personality, you've just kind of toned them out, and you're just like, um, we're not going to hear from anything that they say. So who in your family is not being honored? Maybe it's somebody that always gets the raw, raw deal, you know? It's somebody that's just not being heard. And they've even spoken in some of those um, five-fold languages, but they haven't been heard at all. Um, who is it in your family that's not being held in high regard? Just write that down. And then what conflict has not been dealt with? In other words, what, what relationship in your family has been strained and there's been conflict there and the conflict has not been resolved? There's, there's unforgiveness there. There's something in that relationship that needs to be dealt with. What has been swept under the rug that needs to be dealt with? Or maybe it's just that relationship between those two. So what conflict has not been dealt with? And I encourage you to reach out to your missional community too. It's okay if your family is working through something and there's a relationship in your family and you're just not seeing eye to eye. Maybe you need some outside help and that's not, that's what your missional community is for. So go to them and just say, hey, we're, we're having some struggles. Can you pray over us? Can you give us some, some counsel? Um, don't be afraid to reach out. And that same thing goes for, for marriage. If you're having a marriage issue and you guys are, are fighting or whatever, you know, people come into my office and they say, hey, yeah, I, we've been fighting. We have some marriage problems. I'm like, good, awesome. And they're like, why, why do you say that? I was like, because it's, it's a good thing, right? Now your resolution has come to the surface, right? Your feelings have come to the surface and it's not hidden anymore, right? It's not secret. It's not stuffed down. And the enemy dwells in the secret, right? And he, de deals, he, he deals in secret stuff. And then you've, you've made light. You've, you've brought this to light. And so this is a good thing. It's an opportunity for growth. Now that you're fighting, the enemy can't have it anymore. Now the Lord can bring resolution. So don't be ashamed of that. Don't come with guilt or like, oh, my gosh, we're having marriage problems. We're going to need to help. No, I, I love that. Reach out to your missional community. Reach out to your pastors to help with that. 
And then um, lastly, it would be to use the biblical tools of repentance and forgiveness. In your struggles with your family and conflict and peacemaking, use those biblical tools. They're great tools, repentance and forgiveness. So um, this is kind of how to use this in the family. Boys, I hear you fighting in there. Come on. Come on out here. Let's deal with this. Boys, come on. I hear you arguing. Come on. Oh, man. Give that back. All right, all right, all right, all right. Big poopy head. Hey, hey, with the names, okay? Calm the names. Don't call names. Okay, let's let's deal with this. All right, what happened? Like, what's going on with you guys? I want to talk about why you're so mad. What's going on? He took my toy. Did you take his toy? Nope. Liar. Hey, hey, with the names. Let's not call names, okay? Let's honor each other. All right, did, did you take his toy? Yes. Only because he never shares. I do oh. so share. Do not. Do two. Do All not. Right. Do two. Okay, 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 okay. We get it. We get it. Listen, come here. Come here. All right, can you give him his toy back, please? All right, can you, can you put that down? You had the biggest toy. <laughs> I was thinking like an action figure or something. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> thank you. Okay, put, put Mando back. All right. Boys, listen. Hey, come here. Listen, I know you guys have been fighting. You're mad at each other, but you love each other, right? No. no. Boys, really, come on. You love each other, right? Don't you? Yes. Okay, good. That's good. That's good. But you guys have been fighting a lot lately, right? Not just today. Last Sunday after church, you guys were fighting. You fought at the dinner table like eight times this week. I mean, you guys have been fighting a lot. And, and, and you know, maybe it's time to work through some forgiveness between you guys. Okay? You want to do that? All right. All right. Come on. Come on. Come over here. Face each other. Face each other. All right. Look at each other. Okay. All right, listen, do you, are you sorry for, for not sharing? Can you say you're sorry for not sharing with him? I'm sorry for not sharing. Okay. <laughs> All right, and there, you have been saying some name, there's been name calling. I did not. There's been some name calling, right? You haven't been real sweet, right? Can you say you're sorry to your brother? you forgive your brother listen i know he hasn't been sharing and he but he said he's sorry for the mean things he said will you will you forgive him yes okay that's good that's good all right so let's talk about you now taking your brother's toy was that was that right can you say you're sorry for that for taking his toy okay all right Listen, your brother just said he's sorry for that. Can you forgive him? You please? should be. No, I know. Listen, I know that's how you feel, right? I know you have, that's how you feel, but he humbled himself, right? He's showing you honor, and so will you forgive him? Yeah, I forgive you. All right, come over here. All right, let me pray for you guys. So, Father, Timmy and Tommy... 
They're good boys. They love each other. Lord, you've given them each other as brothers in their life to balance each other. God, we pray that you just heal this relationship. And as they have said, repentance and forgiveness, and we've, we've said those things, and, and they've humbled themselves based on their repentance and forgiveness, I break all ungodly soul ties between them. I ask, Lord, that there be now a, a peacefulness between them, that there would be respect and honor, that you would show them how to love each other and to understand each other and respect each other. We pray that you heal this relationship in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Soul ties broken. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, boys. Listen, I got a little, a little treat for you. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Open those little lollipops for you. Okay. Kind of hard to open, huh? What you got? Oh gosh. All right. Good. Good. Good job, boys. All right. You guys can go play. Want to trade? No, no, no. Good boys. Boys, boys, boys. Oh. Uh huh. All right, boys, take your toy and go play, okay? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Give it up for Timmy and Tommy. Yeah. Okay, that situation or one like it has played out so many times in our home over the years, and that actually does work. Forgiveness and repentance is that biblical concept that is so true to families, and it's so good. And we have seen where kids will not play together, hear each other. They've got their back turns pray those things over them, and then they go off and play together for the rest of the day. It works. It's biblical. It works. You got to try it. You got to try it. All right. And then number three, involve the whole family. This is just uh, strategies for peacemaking in the home. Involve the whole family in vision and mission. How many times do we have a family vision, but we don't share that with the whole family? We just keep that to ourselves. You might have like an idea of where you're going as a family, and, and you've, dis you've uh, discussed that as husband and wife, but you haven't really shared that with your kids. They don't know the vision of your family. They don't know the mission of your family. And it's just like missional communities. Uh, missional communities, the community is so much better because we're on mission together, right? We don't have time to be fighting, infighting, we, we, because we're focusing outward. We fo we're focusing outward in mission. It's going to be hard for us to think of ourselves. We're thinking about others, and that automatically sets us up to think about each other, right, and have greater community. The same concept works in your family. When you work together, you're on mission together, you have a vision together as a family, then you're going to be stronger. So this last point, I'm going to have these families that are so anointed in these things to share with you. Um, first up is the Baylogs, and they're going to share with you how to have a vision for your family. So check out your screens for the Baylogs. Yeah. Hey, Overflow. Josh Baylog here. I just wanted to share something with you guys that was really important to us as a Baylog family, and that is our core values and our mission. And our core values are three words that we picked that we see in the character of Christ and we see all throughout the Bible. And the first of those is kindness. We believe that kindness is uncommon in this world and it makes people curious. And so we want to be kind. If we're given the opportunity to be right or to be kind, we want to choose kindness. So we continually reinforce that with our kids we talk about it, we use it in teachable moments. Second word is generosity. We believe that God is generous. He loves to give, and so we also want to love to give. And we believe that people are more important than things. And so when we're generous with our things, uh, we can prioritize the relationship over the thing. And so generosity really is just bringing what you have and sharing, and not holding it tightly, but holding it loosely. And then our third word 
is hospitality. We believe that hospitality is really just bringing whatever you have to the metaphorical table and watching the miracle unfold. Hospitality is really just using what you have and letting God make it amazing. And so these are the things that we continually reinforce with our kids over and over again that we're using in our discipleship that are important to us that we want to be known for as a Baylog family. And then lastly, our mission as a family is to remove aloneness wherever we see it. And so we bring our kindness and we bring our generosity and we bring our hospitality to every relationship and every person that we encounter. And if we see a place where they're alone, then we want them to know who they are and how much they're loved. So we help remove aloneness from their lives. I would encourage you guys to find something that works for you and just keep talking about it and talk about it at the dinner table, talk about it when you're driving in the car, all these teachable moments that you have and you'll see dividends over time. Eventually they'll be able to repeat them back to you even if they're rolling their eyes, but they'll, they'll get it. All of those things Josh said are true, but what we realize is that the training ground for those things happens here because what happens in our home uh, is lived out outside of our house. So sometimes when we realize that, hey, we're being great friends, or we're being really fun, and we're everything's going great when we're um, around people, and then we get home and all chaos breaks out or conflict abounds, all of those things um, is a great time to reel it back in and say, hey guys, if what we're living out there doesn't line up with what we're doing here, that's fake. And I'm not willing to live a fake life for anything. And so we reel it back in. Sometimes we cancel events that we have planned so that we can spend time together because it doesn't happen on accident. We won't ever accidentally run into the time um, to practice this. So we make the time to practice these things with each other. Um, which would be being generous with our words um, and using them as encouragement. Um, we use a phrase in our house a lot that says, um, say less of the obvious thing and more of the encouraging thing. Because if your kids are anything like mine or even sometimes myself as we're like walking narrators of what's happening and sometimes that adds to the noise. So what does it look like to encourage one another? We practice that. Um, what does it look like to be generous with our things? And what is it like all those things Josh has talked about in our house? And a lot of those moments don't come in the midst of conflict. It's after things have kind of settled and after the moment has passed because in high, um, high stress situations or in the moment of correction, um, it's hard to really lean in with the heart matter that says, hey, this is why we're teaching that. And if we're removing aloneness in the world, we need to practice that here. So we talk about those things, oh, maybe even at nauseum, <laughs> um, but I'll let the kids share some of that too. It's tough to admit that I'm wrong, but it, I'm realizing that it's important to keep healthy relationships. I'm practicing being a peacemaker by forgiving other people before they even ask for my forgiveness because it helps not let a grudge be held or pile up. My mom's always singing lessons at us, and one of them that one of them is "You are loved, you are loved, be loving." And I'm loved by God and my family, and I need to remember to release that love. You're loved, you're loved, be loving. Awesome! Thank you, Baylogs. The Baylogs have a great anointing in that, and you can see that in their children. You see all those things. 
and it's amazing to see. So they are great at sharing vision. And I love what Josh said, pick out those things that are your family. What is your family vision? And let that be unique to you. And then even discover that as a family and use those teachable moments to teach that. So involve the whole family in vision, but also involve the whole family in mission. And a family that is great at doing this is the Aruda family. So check out the Arudas on your screens. Hi, we're the Arudas. So Mickey and I have made it a priority throughout our family to um, ensure that the kids have seen and uh, been a part of whatever phase of ministry we're in. The, they, we want them to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and really rejoice with us through all of it as the Lord just continues to transform people's lives right before our eyes. So we've seen that when we um, started the clinic in Haiti, they were a part of the shopping uh, to stock that. They are a part of a lot of our missions trips in many different ways, even though they haven't been able to go yet. Um, and then other places where we are um, just being involved in the restoration of people's lives. They don't know the stories or the people necessarily, but we celebrate as a family when somebody finds victory um, and just, yeah, really just involve each other, not in, in all the details that we can't share, but um, just to see what, what their impact is, mm -hmm. even as children. And in our business, um, over the years, we have flipped houses, and we've uh, included them in every phase of that. So at the beginning, whenever we're cleaning all the all the nasty stuff out of of the house and um, getting it ready for remodeling, phase two, whenever we're putting things back, building the walls, putting the floors in, um, uh, new appliances, and then phase three, whenever uh, we're making everything shiny with staging and beautiful. Um, getting ready for marketing. So we include them in every phase of that so they can see um, how that works. And it had been a while since we did that in a kind of the worst, in a worst case scenario. So a few months ago, we had a pretty terrible house that we were flipping. <clears throat> and when they first came in, they were pretty scared and terrified of the way it looked and couldn't even imagine it look, being um, inhabitable, but as we, we spent a lot of Saturday, Saturdays and, um, a lot of nights, a lot of kind of just time spent together, making it livable for somebody else. It wasn't for us, but through that time together, we talked a lot about restoration and how God does these things. He sees stuff in our lives that we don't see yet. Um, but he, he moves out the, the gross and ugly and makes it beautiful. And so it wasn't fun all the time and it would have been a lot easier for Mickey and I to just kind of blaze through without them, but that family time and incorporating them and involving them in that process built trust between us um, because by the end when it was beautiful and livable, they were like, oh wow, we, we do trust you guys a little bit and what you see that maybe we can't see yet because of just their experience. So. Though it took longer, it was better to go together and slower than just, yeah, just going without one another. And so that was a good lesson for all of us, even though at times I thought it would have been easier to leave them home. <laughs> it was better to do it all together. And they, and we really saw some of their gifts come out and some of the things that they thought about and um, 
the way the, the house was coming together. It was really cool to see that, to see their growth. Anything you guys want to share? Um, I would say that, uh, <clears throat> like, flipping the house, I was really, it was like we were all kind of growing, like, I don't know, not apart, but, like, our lives got so busy all of a sudden that we couldn't really find, like, time to eat dinner together or anything. So, like, even just going on Saturdays or something, it was, like, even though we were working, it was still, like, we were, we grew more as, like, a family and, like, trusting in each other and just, like, I don't know. Not only the sorts of getting, but the paint, the painting <laughs> was fun too. All of it was really fun. It was well, not all of it, but <laughs> it was fun because we did it together, and um, it did bring us closer as a family. Of like, yeah. and we also were able to share the love of Jesus with everybody that came in to help us. <laughs> One more time for the Aruda family. That's awesome. And you see this in the Aruda children too. They're they're actively involved in ministry and mission because that is what's been placed in the DNA of their home. So that's we see that if you share vision with your whole family and involve all your whole family in mission, it's going to have some great dividends. So if you would take out your phones one more time, about one more activation. So what is the vision of your family? Maybe you don't know, and that's okay. Maybe this is a new concept, and that's all right. And you have to just kind of seek the Lord and see what that vision is. But what is the vision? Just write that down. What's the vision of your family? And then what is your mission? And are you involving your family? So what are some things that you can start to involve your family in that might be easier for you to do just as an adult or as a parent? It might be easier for you to do on your own, but if you involve your children and your family in that, it may go slower, but it may be a place where you could involve them. So what, what is the vision of your family? What is your mission? And then are you involving your family in that? And I want you to take these notes with you during the week. Let it marinate. Let the Lord speak to you about it because it is a process. It's a, it's a process of building these things and being intentional about things that maybe we aren't intentional with. So it just gives you a, a chance to do that. So would you stand with me as we close today? I just want to speak peace over your families and your family relationships right now. As your shepherd, I just want to to speak peace over each of your homes right now. And where there hasn't been maybe an atmosphere of peace, that, that the Lord would restore an atmosphere of peace in your home. And maybe it's time when you go home today, just as a family, to speak peace, to walk through your house and just say, hey, there's been strife here. So we're just gonna kick out strife. We're gonna open the front door. And we're gonna tell strife to leave. We're gonna tell um, heaviness to leave. We're gonna, we're gonna tell dishonor to leave. Right? And we're going to open the door and we're going to tell it to leave and we're going to speak 
an atmosphere of peace into our home. Jesus did it. He has a great example of that. The storm was raging all around. Jesus said, peace, be still. So maybe it's time for you to take authority in your home and just to come into your home today even and say, peace, be still. Let there be an atmosphere of peace. Let strife be gone. Let dishonor be gone. Let there be an atmosphere of peace and honor. We speak it into the atmosphere. We open the door of our home and we let strife out and dishonor out. And we speak peace. So right now in the name of Jesus, as there has been, um, the Lord's been speaking during this time. I seal everything that has was begun today. And I say, enemy, you cannot steal it. Enemy, you cannot have the marriages of Overflow Church. The marriages of Overflow Church are holy to the Lord. And when those conflicts come, enemy, we tell you, you can't bring confusion. We break confusion. You cannot bring disunity in those times of conflict. When those conflicts arise, you cannot be active. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to be active in the marriages right now. Lord, even where, where there's dishonor and there's disagreement and there's walls right now between them, I pray, God, that you would restore marriage relationships right now. Lord, that you would restore sibling relationship where there's hatred and there's jealousy and there's lack. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would you would heal those relationships. God, that you would begin the transformation of those relationships. And even those, those uh, relationships that were written down in the notes about these are relationships that the conflict has not, not been resolved. God, we pray for a supernatural resolution to those conflicts. We pray, Lord, that you would turn the conflicts that are in the homes and marriages and sibling relationship and between fathers and sons and fathers and daughters between mothers and sons and mothers and daughters. God, that where conflict has arisen and there's not been resolution, I pray, God, that supernaturally you would call the hearts of the mothers and the fathers to their children and the children to their mothers and their fathers, Lord. Even in, in um, uh, relationships beyond the, the family and, the, and the, beyond the immediate family, those in the extended family, Lord, I pray that there would be an atmosphere of healing and a joy and restoration. Lord, you restore all things. It's just what you do. You make all things new. So Lord, make all things new in every home right now. In Jesus' name, Overflow Church, we say that those these homes are holy. They're, they're, a, they're holy ground and they're, they're a place where conflict can lead to growth. So Father, we speak peace and joy into the atmosphere of every home. In Jesus' name.